Kidnast the headlines. I'm joined by our Wednesday favourites, Asian fund management industry consultant Stuart Olcroft. Good morning, Stuart. And good morning to you, Stephen. And Barry Wood, RTHK's international economics correspondent, who I believe is in Arizona. What are you doing there, Barry? Yes, sir, I am. Yes, sir, I am. And good morning to you, Stephen. So you're not going to tell us why? Too personal. Oh, did you ask me why? Well, <laughs> yes. I've got... Don't want to pry. down in Casa Grande. <laughs> no, 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 I, not at all. That was the first thing. There is mm. a newspaper there. This is between Phoenix and Tucson, and that's where Lucid Motors has its headquarters. That's the one that's funded as a rival to Tesla, and they are funded in large part by the Saudi Arabian Sovereign Wealth Fund. And uh, I must say, the highlight is going to be tomorrow when I'm going to Frank Lloyd Wright's Taliesin West, and I hope that I can do some television in this remarkable development that he built in 1927 to 35 on a mountain overlooking Scottsdale, Arizona. Oh, sounds stunning. Well, make sure you send us the clips so we can put those on the website. Right, but <laughs> Thank let's you. start with the sad news of Charlie Munger's passing. The Berkshire meetings won't be the same with the old wise curmudgeon. Barry, did you ever get the opportunity to meet Charlie? No, I did not, Stephen, but I've watched him in action at least on eight separate occasions over the years. That's eight years of Omaha Berkshire Hathaway meetings. Uh, what you remember about Charlie is that he was very dour. He was, in fact, silent most of the time. He sat next to Warren, and the two of them took questions from the audience, a darkened arena in which lots of young people, lots of Chinese people, would ask questions for six hours with a break for lunch. And what Warren Buffett liked most of all, he would give the answer. Most questions were directed to Warren. And then he would end by saying, Charlie, <laughs> and I have nothing to add. Or he would say, in the case of cryptocurrencies, it's rat poison. Stay away. Sounds so familiar. he was um, very succinct. And, um, you know, he hasn't been in good health. Good heavens, he was 99, six years older than Warren. Wow. He grew up in Omaha along with Warren and uh, went to the University of Michigan, and he's a lawyer. And over the years, he's been living in Los Angeles, and he and Charlie, he and Warren would talk every day. As Warren likes to say, we never had an argument in 60 years. And I think you should end that in a, a manga way, Barry, by going, Stuart. Hmm. Well, uh, I mean, obviously, <laughs> Charlie, yes, Charlie Munger, what do you think? Uh, is, um, he, he's clearly going to be missed. Um, does this impact on Berkshire Hathaway? Well, probably not a great deal, because we, we know that Berkshire Hathaway has been preparing for the passing of both Charlie Munger and uh, Warren Buffett and, and is uh, continually looking at the succession plans. So I think those are, that's really out, that's all yeah. I would have to say on this. And well, it just goes yeah, to show you that. I think you've got that right. They have been planning for it, and uh, you're right, Stuart. But it won't be the same. I would suspect that in the next Berkshire meeting in Omaha, there'll be Greg Abel sitting next to to um, to Warren. But it won't be the same. And I would think that the popularity of these great learning sessions about finance and investing will diminish. Yeah. So.
Agreed. Yeah, I was just going to say there's a lot of publicity that stress isn't good for your health, but these two guys must be under incredible stress, and yet they're living to their 90s. I think some people are actually set up, though, to thrive on stress. Would you agree? Oh, I should think so, yes. I mean, it's, uh, it's some people benefit from it rather than uh, yeah. get, get ill from it. Okay, let's move on to... Yeah, I, th- oh, I, go I on, think Barry. the reason to that these yeah. two... I think the reason that these two guys have avoided the stress that has killed off so many younger men would be they delegate very well. First of all, Mm. they're long-term investors. They agree on the basics. But if you look at Geico Insurance or Coca-Cola or Apple or Dairy Queen and the myriad of companies that they own, they delegate. So they were not involved in day-to-day activities. Yeah, well, I've built my career on delegation, so should be good there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's move on to Cyber Monday. Uh, but the data is looking positive for both Black Friday and Cyber Monday. But when you look a bit deeper into the figures, it's pretty good for online shopping and pretty depressing for on-site retail. Do you think on-site retail is going to continue to fall or do you see a time when it will plateau, Barry? Yeah, I think you've touched on something that's quite important, and that is, Stephen, that... Uh, Online shopping in the United States is only 25% of the total, but it goes up a percentage point or more each year. So that was gangbusters. That's the 5 to 7% we're talking about. But then if you look at the, the ordinary retail, the big bricks and mortar, that's only going to be up somewhat less. So overall, it'll probably be 3 to 4 but you've nonetheless got record sales. So the American consumer is doing pretty well. I think he's probably overstretched. He's in debt. He's going to be hit by higher interest rates. But for this Christmas buying season, they're spending their money. Okay, but you could see that turning then next year. Get a year to predict, Barry, for... Yeah, I sure could. Okay. okay. I sure could, because mm. the, the, the real reality there, Stephen is that at the end of the month you get a credit card bill and we know that the credit card rates of interest are very high 20 to 30 percent in some cases yeah they are stretched out and in fact behind in payments so the american consumer is lured by christmas they want to keep the children happy but i think we're going to see a slowing economy Mm. going into the new year although i was interested to see that bnpl is growing substantially buy now pay later And that seems to be where consumers can delay payment but pay a lot less interest than they would on their credit card. I think I saw somewhere that that's gone up by 45% this year. So that could be something to watch. Uh, not necessarily. I think that, mm-hmm. uh, that, that I mean, buy now, pay later has been around for a very long time. That's that's the origin of credit cards, after all. But um, the, and and although there are lower interest rates in some instances, there are also higher interest rates in other interests in other instances. So I wouldn't uh, rely on it. Um, I, I would also contend on the on the issue of um, the uh, ever growing. Um, a rise in online retail. There is already evidence, certainly in the UK and Europe, that um, there is some consumer resistance now to online retail. And a lot of people um, are, are beginning to want to go back to their stores rather than to buy online because. Uh, and, and the biggest problem here is in the clothing area, mm. uh, not necessarily in, in toys and other things, but in the clothing area, where the rate of return of clothing mm. 
bought online is up to 40% in some instances. Well, you know, that, that's very, very expensive for, for the companies, and of course it's very disappointing for the consumers. So this is, this is going to be something that I think will put a, a ceiling on the growth of the online retail as we go forward. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to say, I think I'm you've got that you right, Stuart. Clothes. I'm, I like to feel them, yes, check the side, but then you could still you do want a, to feel them, but yeah. check the size. Yeah. I mean, that's very important, and you're yeah. quite right. Certainly in the states as well, Stuart, this very high percentage of returns, and that yeah. has to hurt the retailers. But of course, all those people that uh, went to see the Barbie movie and bought their Barbie dolls afterwards, they would have done that on re on online, probably. Probably, yeah. <laughs> and I, I tell you my trick, if I find something very nice, I do a reverse image search on uh. Taobao, and then you can see if it's available at the fraction of the price. So yeah. there's a little tip for everyone. So you go and feel it and check it and check it for size first. I mean, there's, there's all the talk about Omnichannel where online retailers are opening shops so people could do that and then still buy from there. Yeah, and, that's, and that is <laughs> yes. what people are increasingly doing. So, so the, the, the clicks and mortar, as it were, uh, still exist. Okay, Let, let's move on to... Um, consumer confidence and maybe the good results for Cyber Monday are a reflection of the um, confident index which was um, announced as up yesterday but what I found interesting about it is that over 55s are more confident than 35 to 55s now um, I'm over 55 so I was wondering what you gentlemen who are much younger than that are thinking <laughs> <laughs> well, Barry can answer that one. You clever guy. <laughs> um, I, think the, I think the issue is that uh, many people, un, uh, certainly under the age of 55, the, the 35 to 55 age group, um, they're the ones that have got the heavier mortgages. They've got uh, the high interest rates to contend with. They're still in the sort of development and growth stage of their careers, whereas people over the age of 55 are increasingly... Um, in uh, getting towards retirement and uh, they're probably not having to take on new mortgages and are less impacted by higher interest rates. So they, they do have the ability and, and probably have a little bit more money in the pocket to spend. Mm. But pension funds are getting quite badly hit in this current environment. I was reading in the UK, some of them have decreased 20%. So I thought that could raise more alarm. Yeah, but pension funds are yeah. the future, as it were, the future income for these people. Yeah. For those that are employed still, um, they're in the sort of latter stages of their careers, but also probably in the highest earning brackets of their careers, if, if they're in that sort of age group. Um, yes, pension funds have been hit quite badly in the UK and Europe um, because of um, uh, what is perceived to be a lack of risk-taking by the managers, and, and this is causing yeah. considerable concern in government um, because one of the things, particularly in the UK, has been that uh, a consequence of this has been the slowdown and sharp reduction in the proportion of investment made by UK pension funds into UK securities. And uh, that, yeah. is, that is holding back the stock market quite considerably and businesses in their development. And guess where I have my pension? Yes, in the UK, which is probably yeah. why I'm over 55 and not feeling very confident. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to Japan. Um, so we'll start with <laughs> you on this one, Stuart. So the latest dates show 
rising wages and inflation. Do you think this could be enough for the BOJ to finally pull back their monetary stimulus? No. I think the, I think the BOJ wants to continue its monetary stimulus. It sees things um, running along reasonably well. The, the yen is at what, about 148 to the dollar. Now that means that it's pretty good for Japanese exports, and I think it wants to see this running ahead. Inflation has been zero um, for many, many years in Japan, so a return to having a little bit of inflation is quite good for the economy. Rising wages, well, again, same situation. It's quite good for the economy. Um, and so I think the BOJ will want to see this sort of um, uh, continue for quite a while yet. Barry? Yeah, I agree with that. I think that uh, the BOJ is going to be delighted that uh, at last we're beginning to see incomes rise because that had not been the case in the course of 2022. So that's good news because the Japanese consumer is, has been falling behind to inflation. But I also agree with Stuart. I think that uh, there's pretty good sense that the Japanese economy is doing well, but the BOJ is probably, maybe they'll make some minor modifications, but they're pleased, and I think they're also pleased that um, foreign investors are really taking a positive look at Japan, where they haven't in recent years. Yes, and I'd, I'd echo that insofar as I was at a, uh, an investment conference yesterday, um, and there's a lot of positive talk about the Japanese market. The, the fact that the yen is at a, 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 a multi-year high, uh, low, sorry, low against the U.S. dollar, um, and that makes it very attractive for longer-term investors because they do see the possibility of strength coming back to the yen at some point, but from a really low position, and that's okay. going to be good for the market. Thanks very much to Asian Fund Management Industry Consultant Stuart Oldcroft and Barry Wood, RTHK's international economics correspondent, our two friends who always get our Wednesdays off to a thoughtful start. Stay